Alumni Podcast with Tech and Prem. You don't even have to be a genius as a defensive coordinator to stop this offense. It is a high school. It's not even a collegiate offense. This is a high school offense that they're running against some of the best defensive coordinators that the NFL has to offer, okay? This entire offense and the way that it's structured, it either means that Jalen Hurts can only run this kind of offense, and if that's the case, then you better start thinking about your next quarterback, or this offensive staff is inept. And what they came in with was, you know, pie in the sky. Vin Alumni Podcast. I'm Tech. He's Prim. Music producers talking Philly sports. Well, Prim, I'll say it again. Nick Sirianni is not a professional level head coach. What we witnessed last Thursday night was an absolute embarrassment. Well, I mean, look, the bottom line is somehow the Bucks didn't cover seven points, which blows my <laughs> mind. Because look, here it's twenty-eight to seven. Okay, I know, I know you're upset about Sirianni. I know that you think it's if he's a failed hire. I get it, man. But the no, fact, it's awful. That, the you fact just heard of the Seth matter Joyner. remains, though. But listen, I, Seth is always he's very on point. But here's what I'm going to say. We knew out the shoot when we were circling wins and losses on this schedule that two and four was a likely but result. But then when the games you know? played out, yeah. Prem, you saw right in front of your eyes there was avenues to a win. Yeah, there in was. Each well, of well, these you games. know, you know what I saw against Except the Bucks. For what I saw, oh yeah, that was a whole different story. Right against the Bucks, what I saw was Tom Brady with three minutes to go, having to convert a third and seven that he barely completes. I mean, it was a beautiful throw, but if he doesn't complete that ball, tech. Then somehow, and this is miraculous to even be able to say this, the Eagles offense has the ball with a chance to win at home late. That is just remarkable to me. See, you know, he, it's, it's remarkable though. Think about I, that. I get that. It was twenty-eight it, to seven, bro. You're going off of what the what the score was on the board. I'm going off of the fact that it took that long for the Bucks to seal the deal. Know what that tells me? Yes, this team's young, but they didn't quit on themselves. I'll tell you what it they tells didn't quit. me. It tells me that Tampa was so thrown off by our bad energy and bad play that it threw off their energy. Whatever it is, they came out the second half lethargic, kind of like let's just get out of here. Well, yeah, let's go through the motions and get out of here. I mean, we beat them fifteen to seven in the second half, and twenty-two to seven would have won the game. Yes, it's pretty remarkable. I don't actually think we were ever really in this game. I, I really don't. I think it, I think at every measure, we were outmatched, yeah, outsmarted, outcoached, outclassed. Yeah. They, they're definitely uh, not really on near the same level as the Bucks. We know that. But it's 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 a 2-4 and four football team. I think I had them at 2-4, and four, I believe. I'm pretty sure you had them at 1-5. I did. You know, and this is, I said before, I'll say it again, and this is going to be a theme on this episode, Tech, is... I've been saying from the beginning, this is a two-year plan with this team. I believe now it's a three-year plan. It could be more, right. It could be more. It could be three. But I think it's a two-year plan. So you have a lot of draft capital. I understand that fans are impatient. Everybody wants to win now. But the truth is, you don't go from a transitionary time in the NFL with your franchise. You don't go from 4-12 and to transitioning to a Super Bowl contending team. It just doesn't happen. Or even even a team that can contend for a playoff to host a playoff game even. It just doesn't happen, typically. In the I get NFL, that, you know, but now I have legitimate concerns about Jalen Hurts. 
I know you do. As the quarterback of this do. team. I need to see him stay in the pocket a little more. Well, because it's just like, you know, Seth just alluded to, the great Seth Joyner. Yeah. Uh, as bad as Sirianni and this coaching staff has been. Play calling's awful. Oh, the worst I've ever seen. I mean, Miles Sanders, I know that you, there's people that have gripes with Miles Sanders and they, they don't like him or don't really think he can be I don't be like a, him. I just, he's He's not, not getting a chance, though. <sighs> He's not getting a chance to touch well, the ball. Well, that's that's an understatement, but yes, it's you're true. right. You're right. You know, guys, the running backs but need to similar, get going. He's not it's getting a chance. similar to what Seth Joyner was just alluding to, though, that as bad as this coaching staff is and, and has been, I don't think they believe in Hurts' ability as a quarterback that can line up under center and make throws accurately from the pocket. Well, speaking directly to that, and this is something I heard in Nick Sirianni's interview with Angelo this week. You know, Angelo always yeah. has the head coach. That's like yep, a tradition. I heard it. I, it's it's a bunch of nothing. What, he says what, a bunch of words. Well, but, but what you just <laughs> said, he kind of echoed. He said, I want to see him stay in the pocket more. So it really, they know, they know that Hurts needs to be better at... Well, he said this after, you know, week three. Here's He's the problem. saying it again. Jalen's going one, two, panic, scramble. He yeah. needs to be able to go one, two... And he's two. not even always seeing two. No, he need, but he... Right, but usually he is. He needs to go one, two, slide, three... Yeah, yeah. Scramble, slide, something. He's like, not seeing it. You There's know what receivers I mean? all over the field that are open right. at various times. Right, he missed Watkins times. on a big bomb a couple yeah, well, weeks ago, Well, that was that one, but th- I just saw something. I think it was uh, uh, Thomas R. Peterson. Yeah, was, he's great. And he was going over some tape, and it's like, why is Jalen Hurts holding the ball at this point? Right. And he's circling, and you see Hurts holding the ball, and a guy, I don't know who it was, might have been Rager, right. open, or yeah. becoming open, and easily could be thrown open. He's got to get better with reads, but that's what quarterbacks do. This guy has started 10 games in the NFL. He's still technically a rookie when you look at that 10 yes. games. So, you know, he's got to, we got to see improvement. Not every quarterback of a mobile nature like Jalen Hurts is came right in and was going read, 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 Completion. I look, know. At, look at Mike Vick, very young, early on. He couldn't throw the ball. I know, and but he was, doesn't have the same speed. He Mike does. Vick he, had. He's a click behind Vick. He's a little bit stronger, maybe though. And he definitely. When I watch uh, Lamar Jackson, oh my God, I am. I am yeah, jealous. Lamar is, uh, I am jealous you know, when I watch Lamar Jackson. You know, I have to maybe shift my stance on Lamar a little bit. I tweeted not long ago. I didn't think he was an elite passer, and I mean, I might have to change that because. He has really improved uh, his yeah, passing ability. Yeah, he's an ability. elite passer. I, I would actually say that uh, Jalen Hurts is not an elite passer. Well, not yet, <laughs> but he, his ceiling is that, though. He has that ceiling if he can tune, fine-tune his game. Yeah. Because that's what we're seeing every week now. Sure, he takes a step back here, a step back there, but he's had some really impressive throws this year. He has. And he's made some clutch plays at key moments in the game as well. So you got to balance it all out with the fact he's a rookie in a new system with terrible play calling, and that doesn't help him either. No, it doesn't you help know? him. The play calling is not doing him no, any it's favors. it's not doing any favors. That's why he has to scramble so much. Yeah, his Part development is kind of stunted by this a coaching bit, staff. A little bit. It sure is. I mean, imagine if we had a guy like Josh McDaniels here. You know what? I, I have to wonder. Oh. How did how do they evaluate Sirianni and then McDaniels and say, hey, Sirianni's a better hire? How, right. How? How did that happen? Right. What happened in that interview, in that process? Did, did Was McDaniels just a jerk off, maybe? I don't know. How in the world could you interview Nick Sirianni and, and leave saying, I'm really impressed with this kid? Right. I, right. I, I just, I think they I were, can't see They it. were more hopeful, optimistic about what he could be versus realistic about what he actually was. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the way to look at that. And Jeffrey Laurie had said early on that it was pointed out, I heard it on a radio, I think, uh, uh, yesterday about uh, what Jeffrey Laurie initially said. I, I'm I'm excited about the coach you can become. Right. 
Right. And you know, that makes that's, sense that's, though, because the guys yeah. in his thirties, man, we're in our thirties. You imagine <laughs> you imagine coaching an NFL team right now at your age. I mean no. it's, that's not but he has been in football since he was in his early twenties. It's hard for me to completely pass judgment on Sirianni and Hertz and what they could be or what they even are after yeah. six games doing it because it's a seventeen there's there's six games into their first seventeen together. Yeah. We have to temper our expectations a bit as fans and understand that, objectively speaking, this is going to take some time to really actually work. And they have a lot of draft capital that's looking better and better by the day, by the way. <laughs> yeah, three top ten picks. Yeah, and that draft capital is going to help to put some pieces in place that are key spots of need that we need elite players at. A linebacker, please! I don't think the uh, Philadelphia Eagles know what that position is. No, they do not. You well, got, they you did got, add Jordan Hickson. Where is he at? Lighten it up with the exactly. Cardinals. Exactly. Right now, you, you hasn't you, missed the game due to injury. You, by you the way, you got Davion Taylor. You're forcing. You're forcing in there. You got uh, who's there? The Canadian guy uh, was Alex Singleton. Forget about that. Are you kidding me, the, Alex Singleton? The Singleton Project. No, I'm not so. I'd almost rather have Nate Gurry in there than Alex. Singleton. <laughs> at this uh, point, I was a big Singleton guy in terms of just being optimistic about what he could be, but. He has just repeatedly shown this year in key points of attack, like at the point of attack. Yeah. He's not either where he needs to be or he's getting uh, owned at the point of attack. Yeah. One or the other. It's not good. Uh, Big news, though, this week. What's that? Uh, Zach Ertz was finally traded. One of the greatest uh, Eagles to ever catch a ball, probably. Yeah, I mean, really, he was traded uh, during the week before the game, but it was officially announced after the game. They they let him finish his career in front of the home crowd. And it's nice that he got a touchdown in his last game as a bird. I mean, can you say that uh, Zach Ertz is Chip Kelly's greatest work as Eagles head coach? I think he's the franchise's best work uh, at the tight end position. Well, he has to be at this point. Yeah, I, mean, I would he caught, say he's he caught the, best the game tight end winner in franchise history. He is. He caught the game winner in your only Super Bowl victory. That's tremendous. Seals it up. That seals it up. Right that there. can't be forgotten. Yeah, right, that's well, a good fit for him. Yeah. I, congratulations to Zach Ertz. Yeah, going sure. to an undefeated team. Hey, he deserves. I it. don't think the Cardinals are going to win a Super Bowl this year, but they're going to contend for one. And and uh, he deserves to be a part of it. He does. Absolutely. He does. I'll be we'll cover that. it all with Tom Kelly, TK from ninety four WIP on this week's edition of Wednesday Afternoon Quarterback. But first. As we always do, brought to you by ProLine Music, everything for the musician. It's time for a vet fact. This is a vet fact. Well, Tech, we're back to that monumental year of 1985, Back to the Future. <laughs> yes. October 20th, to be exact, 1985. The Eagles beat division rival Dallas 16-14 at the vet. They actually trailed 14-6 going into the fourth quarter. I would imagine wow. there was some booze going in the fourth oh, quarter. Oh, had to have been. However, Kenny Jackson, little-known oh, yeah, wide receiver yeah. for the Kenny Eagles, Jackson. caught a 36-yard touchdown from Jaws, who threw for 380 on the day. Ooh. That was the only touchdown Jaws threw, but he had no picks. He was sacked four times, but... I mean, 380. That's for that for that time of uh, in football history. That was a very high passing total. Yeah, there weren't that many like 400 yard games back then. It was different football games. Different football. Uh, Kenny Jackson that day actually had six grabs for 134 yards. Wow. The Minister of Defense Reggie White registered a sack. Ooh. Wes Hopkins had two picks, not one but two picks, and that pretty much tells you why they won 16-14. Because as it often happened with. Uh, those Eagles defenses. And this was pre-Buddy Ryan. This was Marion Campbell. Wow. Still, a lot of the same personnel. They would routinely win with defense. And it's an, uh, a worthy note. Tony Dorsett scored a, a touchdown in this one, too. Oh, there Hall you of go. Famer, Tony Dorsett. Hall of Famer. So, October 20th, 1985. 16-14. Birds over to boys. Oof. 
Okay. Uh, the news of the week. All right. We know what it is. What Brent. could it be? It is the Ben Simmons saga. It continues. It just continues. He was kicked out of practice yesterday for conduct detrimental to the team. And then he refused to talk to the media for the scheduled press conference he was going to have. He's been suspended a game. This appears to be the playbook, by the way, uh, for the Sixers at this point. Uh, Avoiding paying him by using the conduct detrimental to the team clause. I mean, whatever happened behind closed doors, and Doc was very curt with the media. He said, (laughs) there are things you need to know and there are things you don't need to know, he said. Yeah. In in relation to what goes on, he said, that's why practices are closed. And... uh, I understand where he's coming from. He's trying to protect his team. He's trying to protect the the semblance of team that they have right now. Right. And Joel, though, he he laid it out beautifully in a five minute press conference that was absolute presser gold. Oh, it was absolute gold. We have, we'll have a clip of that. When yeah, we start he's just he, he's the a- absolute <laughs> representation of what you want from your team leader. Yeah, you'll hear that clip uh, momentarily. Yeah. Uh, it was it was really gold, just like you said. We'll get into it with our buddy Chip from Chips and Dish when we enter the center. Yeah. Plus, you know, I have a gripe with the Flyers. They won. We'll talk <laughs> about it. I have a gripe. But they beat an expansion team. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, but we'll get into why I have a gripe with the okay, Flyers. Okay, okay. Well, uh, I might I might hang around for that. I'm yeah, like, uh, it's a little later. But coming up, it's our boy TK from 94WIP back on the vet line for this week's edition of Wednesday Afternoon Quarterback right now. Vet alumni. It's my quarterback. Hurts standing at the 10, takes the handoff, then fakes, looks, fires complete. Touchdown, Zach Hurts. A five-yard touchdown pass. Hurts to Hurts. I haven't executed well enough, you know, and I take responsibility for that because the ball touches my, my hands every play. It's Wednesday afternoon quarterback. We're joined now on the vet line by Tom Kelly, a.k.a. TK, on-air host at 94WIP, and, of course, a vet alumnus. Yes, Tom, thanks for coming back on to talk birds with us. Yeah, of course, guys. No problem. Anytime. So much has happened since we last spoke, man. I know you're not happy. I've seen your <laughs> tweets. Uh, we aren't either. I've contended, though, TK, from the jump of this whole process that it was a two-year plan. I honestly stand by that. I know they sit at 2-4. and four. It could honestly be 3-3 three and three very easily. The team is not a good football team, but I think they should roll with Hurts and Sirianni for just one more season with the picks they have. Uh, where do you stand on that? Are you already all out on Sirianni? Uh, I'm not all out, but I got to tell you, like, I'd be lying if I wasn't concerned at this point. Like, and the the frustrating thing to me is like coming into this season, I think most people agreed. It's about finding out what you have in Hurts, like whether he can be a franchise quarterback or not. And like, I think the, the positions that Sirianni and the rest of the coaching staff are putting him in are so bad and set him up to fail so much that you're not even getting a true evaluation of Jalen Hurts. And if you don't, if you don't get that answer definitively, like whether he can be uh, a starter for you moving forward or not, this truly is a wasted season. And, uh, you know, the fact that Sirianni had a full off season to cater an offense to Hurts and doesn't seem to have done it at all uh, really does worry me about his uh, competence and his potential to be a head coach, a successful head coach in this league. 
Yeah, I, I echo that. Now, yes. staying on Hurts, because that was leading me to my next question, actually. I feel like he's made some strides, but also stepped back in a big way at key moments in certain games. So what chance do you think Jalen has to succeed? There's no chance that he's going to succeed. And, uh, you know, to put him in that kind of situation, it's not fair to Jalen Hurts. It's not fair to the other players offensively. And and it's really hurting the team right now. And that's, to me, the, the biggest concern is the, the coaching on the offensive side. Yeah. Now let's flip over to the defense before we we get to the Zach Ertz situation. The defense has been below average, uh, ranked 21st out of 32. TK, is the next NFL draft finally going to be the one that Howie takes a linebacker in the first round? (laughs) I think there's potential for it. I think now it's more important, like, in Jim Schwartz's defense, I, I, you could get away with having like one decent linebacker, which Nigel Bradham was for a while, you know, not toward the end, but you know, you could get away with not having quality depth at linebacker in that defense. You can't get in his defense. I mean, look at where he comes from, whether it's Indianapolis with Darius Leonard, Minnesota prior to that, they've always had good linebackers under Zimmer. You don't need linebackers in this defense. So I think that's something they will prioritize more, more highly moving forward. But I got to say, with the picks that they have, if you're drafting a defensive player in the top 10, I want Kyle Hamilton from Notre Dame. I mean, Mm -hmm. him is a safety. He is a monster. He could be a difference maker. He could line up all over the field. So if the Eagles do decide to go defense at the top, that's a guy I'd want. Yeah, that's a position of need, too, big time. You need defense. I mean, so many guys are missing on this defense. Uh, It's just like... That's where they need to prioritize Swiss the cheese. Pits. There's Swiss cheese out there, man. Uh, it's, it's bad. Uh, back to the offense now. Uh, Zach Ertz traded. He's now an Arizona Cardinal. This clears the way for Dallas Goddard to be the guy. TK, is he good enough to be the guy? I like Dallas Goddard. I mean, the production hasn't been there the way you'd, you'd like it to be the first three years. Now, like you said, I think... We'll find out a little more now whether that was more byproduct of him needing to share the load with Zach Ertz or, you know, maybe Dallas Goddard's not as good as we expected him to be. But, um, you know, tight ends in this league, I mean, just, you know, if you guys play fantasy football, you know, tight ends are hard to find. I know. (laughs) Handful. It's not easy to get a good one out there. And, you know, I like Goddard. I would, uh, the Eagles certainly are going to have to pay him in the offseason, but. Um, if you can keep him around, I'd I'd like to because it's it's not an easy position to fill. Now, TK, say a couple weeks from now, the Eagles are sitting at two and six. Say worst case scenario, right? Uh, how how loud do you think the call from the fans are going to be to give Gardner Minshew a look? <laughs> wow! And is that kind of absurd to you? Because it's kind of absurd to me. I want to see Hertz play through whatever this year, but. Do you think that that would be the case and that's what things would shift to in terms of uh, public opinion? Well, it's interesting you bring that up because I was actually talking about this on my show a little bit last night. And, like, I would not move on from Hertz. Like, I want to find out what he is. Exactly. Unless unless you're considering moving on from Sirianni. Like, say you get to the final month and you're out of it and Hertz, it's just not going well. The offense is continuing to struggle. And say Lori and and Howie decide well maybe we made a mistake in Sirianni in that scenario maybe I'd go to Minshew just to see what the offense looked like with a different quarterback right because then you get more of an indication whether the struggles have been uh, because of the coaching or because of the quarterback but as far as like saving the season or you know to win a couple more games going away from Jalen Hurts I would I would not do that I'd only do it if you were 
considering fire and Sirianni, and you wanted to make sure hmm. that it was his fault instead of the quarterback's fault. Yeah, because it would be completely uh, contradictory to any kind of progress and development for Hertz. Right. Um, I, I think that our fans are unfortunately a bit uh, impatient sometimes and <laughs> fail to look really? at the big picture. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> can you believe it? Can you believe it? <laughs> Unreal. Uh, real quick, I, I have. I, I know this is an Eagle segment, but I have to know your sound off <laughs> on Ben Simmons. We have to oh know. I have to know, TK. It, it, it's it's unbelievable. I mean, it's not believable, but at the same time, it's completely believable. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't. Exp- I, 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 I had a hard time believing he was actually going to speak to the media on Tuesday. Part of me thinks what he did was, you know, some sort of a a ploy to get out of speaking to the media. Like we all know, he didn't want to do that, and I think he might have gone into this, you know, trying to get kicked out of practice and and um, get out of that obligation. But it's a mess. It, it's a total mess, and. I I know there's a lot of criticism come down on Daryl Morey and the Sixers right now, um, but I don't like. I, I would have handled this similarly to how they have. Like nobody wants the guy right now. Yeah, and yeah. I know that's difficult for him to understand because he thinks he's great, and difficult for the few that still support him to understand. But nobody wants him, and if nobody wants him, you know, Daryl Morey is not going to give him away for a deal that's not going to make this team better, and. Um, it's a disaster. I'm, I, I, I am going to the game Friday night, though, so I am hopeful that he plays because that atmosphere would be incredible. However, I, I oh, think yeah. we probably I seen, know. <laughs> I think we've probably seen the last of Ben the Sixers uniform. Honestly, after uh, you can only hope. Yeah, I mean that's the yeah. case. Just the the behavior is so immature, it's and uh, it's and they're paying him a lot of money. You know, this when you, yeah. when you look at it, the amount of money that he signed for that contract. Unreal. We've been on the line with TK, Tom Kelly from 94 WIP. Um, Tom, real quick before we let you go, Crystal Ball, Nick Sirianni will be the coach of the Eagles, not just next season, but the season after that. Oh, the season after that? Yeah. I mean, at <laughs> yeah. this point, I would say no. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. I, I, would, I would imagine even, you'd go that way. Yeah, I mean, I'm not even 100% convinced he'll be back next year. I'd wow. say the odds are he would be. Yeah. Um, but... Based on what I've seen, uh, the odds of this going beyond two years are, are 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 hard to see at this point. But but who knows? Maybe they win in Vegas and they beat the Lions and they turn it around. We can only hope that that's how this thing uh, goes, yeah. goes moving forward. Yeah. Do they extend Miles Sanders in the off season? I mean, people won't want to, won't want to hear it, but I don't think it would be uh, a shock if the Eagles traded Miles Sanders in the next couple of weeks. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, we agree. Well, we had to get your thoughts on Miles. You know, I, I have mixed yeah. emotions about it. I feel like he hasn't really given uh, been given a fair look in this system. You know, he's barely getting mm-hmm. to touch the ball early, and yeah. running backs got to get going. You know, they got to get going, get their juices flowing. But I don't think this coaching staff believes he's he's good enough to feed him the ball like like we want him to do. I, I don't think this coaching staff has any clue what the hell. Exactly. <laughs> I agree with that. Heard Most of first. all, I knew Tech would agree with that. Oh one. yeah. You heard it here first uh, from Tom Kelly. Tom, thanks for joining us as always. And, uh, you know, hopefully they can turn something around before the end of the season and give us some hope moving into the draft. Yeah. Of course, guys. Appreciate it as always. Pro-line music. Pro-line music. Pro-line music.
Located at 490 Lincoln Highway in Fairless Hills, PA. Proline Music. Everything for the musician, carrying all major brands. You find a better price, we'll beat it. Offering lessons in person or virtual. On-site repair service center, rentals, recording studio. Proline Music. Call 215-736-8055. One more time. 215-736-8055. Yes, sir. Proline Music. Proline Music. Proline Music. Everything for the musician. Enter the center. Yes! And the Sixers win it! With Tech and Prem. We score! May, the flying lead! The Vet Alumni. At this point, I don't care about that man, honestly. He does whatever he wants. Uh, you know, that's not my job. Uh, you know, our job is not to babysit somebody. Uh, you know, we here, you know, we get paid to produce on the court, go out, uh, play hard, uh, win some games. Uh, that's all we get paid for. We don't get paid to come out here and, you know, try to babysit somebody. And uh, So that's, that's not our job, and I'm sure my teammates feel that way. Uh, so we we really focus on just you know winning and you know playing as a team. We're joined now in the vet line by Chip from Chips and Dish, joining us to address this absurd Sixers situation with Ben Simmons. Chip, thanks for taking the time to talk with us. Thanks for having me, gentlemen. Absolutely. Okay. So apparently, according to Ramona Shelburne, this all started before Game Seven. Ben claimed he had been in close contact with the team masseuse who tested positive for COVID. Nobody else on the team had seen the masseuse, which led to teammates quietly questioning if Ben had really seen the masseuse. Mm. Chip, do you believe that Ben would lie in an attempt to get out of playing Game 7? No, that would never happen. <laughs> he, would, he would never try to advance his own situation by telling inaccurate truths that would never ever happen and the fact that you would even suggest such things is complete craziness and i, I hope that my sarcasm came through pretty clearly on that. Oh, but in, case, in case in case it didn't i was being sarcastic there so. yes no doubt there's no doubt about it <laughs> i mean look the, the fact of the matter is I, I i haven't even heard of this massage story until you're breaking this news to me what it comes down to is Ben Simmons plays in a town that demands things of him, and he has surrounded himself with yes-men his entire life. True. Ben Simmons wants to be loved and expects people to love him without having to do anything to actually get that adulation, that adoration. The Philadelphia fans 100% have been supportive of him until the pass. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, what what a mess. I mean, if you could go back to that moment. I so I've I've seen that replayed so many times. There's not there's not 9 out of 10 basketball players that are passing that ball. No. I I'm not even a basketball player and I know I could make that shot. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. That's <laughs> that like you know, be, when you're playing around the, the world. One shot, yeah, that'd be the one shot that I actually take in a game. Like, hey, I got two points in a game. 
Right. Even if you didn't make it, you would take it. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so we were guests on your show a few weeks back, which is a lot of fun. Uh, we obviously talked Ben Simmons. So fast forward to now. He somehow finds a way yesterday to not face the music after all that anticipation that Ben's going to talk. <laughs> yeah. And he has he gets cited for conduct detrimental to the team. Doc Rivers said, go home. We know the deal. <laughs> So what would you say to Ben, Chip, if he were on the line right now? Uh, stop passing up opportunities to face the music. Yeah, Because, right. look, what, what it comes down to for me with Ben Simmons is this is a guy who doesn't want to fail, so he doesn't take the chances. You know, we love players who give it their all. We love players in Philadelphia. It's not even just the Sixers. We love players who give it their all and are willing to fail miserably. But fail going 110%. Absolutely. Ben Simmons doesn't want to. Right. Look at Bryce Harper. I mean, this guy puts it all on the line. Right. For an organization, by the way, that's wasting his time. Stop it. (laughs) Well, listen, that's that's a different that's a different interview, and I will also (laughs) I will also jump all over that one. But no, Bryce Harper's for example, his base running, mediocre at best, but he goes 145 miles per hour and fails miserably. It's the same reason why we (laughs) love the guy like Pete Rose. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's the same reason why Alex Singleton isn't getting booed out of town right now. True. Because he he is a mediocre yeah. linebacker, but he gives it his all, and that's all we can ask. Whereas Ben Simmons, who was touted as this guy who was the second coming of LeBron James, I know. And he's just like Giannis. Yeah. No, he's not. Not he, even close. But he believes that he's the next. He believes LeBron. he is. Yeah, or the next Magic. He th- he thinks it. He does it. <laughs> well, right. Exactly. He's the next Magic Johnson. He's the next this. He's the next that. He's not even the next Ben Simmons. No. Watching. If you watch videos and you can go onto YouTube and watch Ben Simmons' summer league ball right after he was drafted, he was shooting all over the place. Yeah, it was a different he player. Somehow, yeah. He has somehow managed to become less confident playing professional basketball. I don't know. I, I, I don't understand either because, and this is universal. Anything you do in life, whether it's a job or for fun, whatever it is, you tend to get better if you're just doing it. Yeah. Just doing it. You would think. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, it, it doesn't stand to reason. And it's everything, not rocket science. Here. It's really not. No. No, and that's, and that's the thing that we as the fan base are so frustrated about because we watch these workout videos and he's shooting jumpers. Okay. He can do it. And the, you know, the Wells Fargo center erupts when he does take that three point shot and it goes in because he at least made the effort. But if you look at everything that the Philadelphia 76ers have done to pat this guy on the butt and say, Hey, you're our guy. I mean, we got rid of Jimmy Butler who single-handedly carried the heat to an NBA championship what a mistake. series. What, I know. In retrospect, how funny is that? What a you, mistake. You trade just so that Ben Simmons can have the ball. You you rework Joel Embiid's game so that he's the outside guy and Ben Simmons can be down low. You bring in guy after guy so that Ben Simmons can have the ball. And what does he do with it? He passes it up. And then he blames us because we're mean to him. Go somewhere else with that. Coddling. He, Coddling. he wants to be coddled. I'm done with it. Like yeah, we, me too. we, we've been we, every one of these superstars that can't hack it in Philadelphia. There's a reason. Well, speaking of being done with it, Chip, in your mind, 
What's the minimal compensation you'd be willing to receive in a trade at this point, knowing what we know now? Yeah. I mean, does Serbia have a basketball team? <laughs> yes. The value's that low. The value's that low. Wow. The value's low for you then. No, here's the thing. The value is high, but the return, like, we're not going to get something because this is such a public display. So the You're other right. thing about this is, let's call it like it is, gentlemen. He came back to collect a paycheck. Yeah. Right? That's it. He didn't He didn't want to be fined. I'm just here so I don't get fined. Right. Yeah. But the Sixers didn't pay him up. So what does he do? He starts pouting, and they send his ass home. Yeah. So now he's not getting paid again. This is all just posturing. He still wants to be traded. The team still wants to trade him. It's just this is just all the extra stuff now. Yeah, it's the it's the circus. It's the uh it's the, it's, ex- it's the look at me routine that Ben Simmons wants more in because he wants to be an LA superstar rather than a Philadelphia nitty gritty basketball player. Yeah, well, yeah, he doesn't care about being a good basketball player. He doesn't care. No, that's no. on the list of things for Ben Simmons' NBA career. Being a good basketball player is towards the bottom. Yes, you're right. He's more worried about <laughs> <Yep>. image. For <laughs> our listeners who've been on the line with Chips and Dish, you find him on Twitter at Chip for the Birds. That's Chip F O R the Birds. So, Chip, on the actual basketball talk and not this diva talk, yeah. what do you expect the Sixers to be this season? Fifty wins, more or less? Where are you at? So here's where I struggle with that because I look at an offseason and I go, okay, I judge an offseason. Did the team get better with the moves that they made? This Sixers team did not. True. Yeah. Well, this Sixers team did not get better. Andre Drummond is not an upgrade over Dwight Howard. I would you, say I, he I is. don't know. I think he might be a slight upgrade. I think he can do the same things Dwight Howard can do, but he's smarter. He's not a dumbass. It's like close, Dwight Howard it's, it's close, Chip. I agree it's close. But I it's, would it's also close. say they upgraded at, at the backup power forward spot with George Niang over Mike Scott. You, you love Niang. He's a good player. Tech, Tech loves he's Niang. He's a good player, Chip. and Mike Scott, look, Mike Scott is out of town. But if Mike we Scott's are talking <laughs> backup center... And back up forward as our major upgrade. No, you're right about losing, that. Yeah. And losing our starting point guard because <laughs> right. he, we can't physically get him into the building and onto the court for a defensive drill. This team did not get better. You're regardless right. You're right of, about that. You're right about regardless that. Regardless of all these things with Ben Simmons right now, he's still the best option at point guard that we have under contract. Unfortunately, that is true. Yep, yep, so, can't debate that. No. I think about the same, maybe losing a couple, because if you look at the rest of the East, the East got drastically better. Miami Heat got better. Chicago Bulls got better. Bucks are still your NBA champs. Yeah, they are. And uh, we were talking about this last week. You know, you we missed the window where the Bucks and the Raptors got rings. <laughs> I mean, yeah. when you look at the history that was it. of basketball, and they're going to look at the, those two years like, well, that's arguably the worst two years in basketball history right there. And <laughs> oh, my we God, couldn't, they were awful. We couldn't capitalize with such a window. Um, Real quick tidbit. I, I have a gripe with the Flyers. Uh, the Flyers won the other night against the Kraken, uh, a completely made-up team compiled of castaways <laughs> and rejects. Uh, but but last week, we had Bill Matz on for our Flyers season preview, and I asked him if the Flyers, after signing Carter Hart to the big extension, were going to make him the guy, the franchise player. Mm-hmm. Instead of doing this ridiculous goalie 1A, 1B thing that they've been doing for years that doesn't doesn't work. Uh, Bill assured us that they would make Carter Hart the guy this year. Tonight, 
They face the Bruins, which should be more of a test. Should be. But just two games in. Two. Sitting them. Martin Jones gets the start. <laughs> a guy who's just been atrocious. Just two games in, he gets the start in net tonight. Uh, I am appalled by this. <laughs> I really, I, really, Chip, I'm appalled by this. No, Tech, I'm appalled I, by the organization I, uh, as a whole. I agree with you. And it was funny when that news broke, I sat back and I went, wait a second. It's been two games. He played against the Kraken and, you know, let in a goal, but he looked really good at times. With a goalie, early on, you have to ride the hot hand. Yes. Give yeah. this guy a chance yeah. to really – he coasted in a 5-1 to one victory. Why aren't you letting this guy now who has an actual defense in front of him? Right. Yeah, it's Play like, against a good team. It's like, Chip, you gave him the franchise money. Chip, you gave it to him. You gave him the money. Why, why would you not <laughs> let him play? Especially the first four games, it's the homestand. These are the games we need to see Carter Hart in goal. And instead, you, after two games. Maybe it's mental health issues. But Let's, you know what? It's not oh, like it's a back-to-back. Oh. But it's not like it's a back-to-back either. Like I could, I could make an exception <laughs> if it was... You know, Monday night and then Tuesday night was the game. But there's a whole day rest day. So you can't say it's for rest. You can't say, well, we don't want to burn him out too early. It's been, he's a young kid. Carter Hart needs to be playing this game. Yeah. He needs to be playing. It's a big one early I, on. Like, throw him out there. Let him go play through the fire. I, I, can't, I can't see what they got right now as a team. If you're sitting, my franchise player, my goalie. It doesn't make any sense. On the first real test of the season. Vancouver's a good team. And, and, you know, that went to a tie on the record. But, you know, that's yeah, a loss. Yeah, you a know, loss. And th- it is. And that's just what it is. it's but not it a win. It doesn't count <laughs> in the standings as a loss. But it was a right. loss. It's, it's a it's it's a moral loss. Yeah, now this this Boston matchup, we should be seeing our franchise guy in net, and we're not. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. They're doing the same thing over and over again. They did it with Brian Elliott. We can go back to the days of Dominic Roussel and Tommy <laughs> Soderstrom where they did this nonsense. They're still doing it. You got a guy, and you refuse to just go goalie one. You just, it's, I don't even know what to make of it anymore. He's but you also Chip, have he's to understand upset. the gone are the days that we grew up with where it's a goalie can can start every single game of the season, maybe take two off. Yeah. Now it's, now it's analytics, you know, and if they face too many, if they face X amount of shots, then they're going to be weaker for X amount of days. Or they're not looking at the postseason. Like, there's too much thinking in sports nowadays. And one of my favorite segments on my show that I do every Monday night kind of ties into this. So my wife comes onto the show, and you guys saw this live. I was going to ask how you did with the picks. That's so funny, man. But go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> so my wife comes onto the show, and I go into the, the details and the stats and the injuries and the analytics. And I pick the games. And my wife picks the games as well. But it's not based on that and she has the it. sports knowledge but it's based <laughs> yeah. off of she doesn't like certain costumes as she calls them not uniforms but costumes yes. um cheese she loves cheese so she picks the green bay packers makes but a lot of sense did she pick she, them this she, week against the bears she did pick the the packers against the bears and you did too obviously i did okay. uh, but again okay. for for football related things um but here's the thing this week she beat me yeah, so the week before you guys crushed it, you were like both fifteen and one or something, right? We were both fifteen and one last week. That's this impressive. Week, uh, this week I was uh, 
10 and 4, she was 11 and 3. Ah, so so wow. Tila gets it on you this week. Shout out to she Tila. She gets it on me this week. And here's the thing. So we're talking about analytics and overthinking in sports. Yeah. For the season, I'm 64 and 30. It's pretty solid. She is she's 61 and 33. That's pretty close. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like it's, it's pretty you close. You take a lot of this overthinking out of sports and just go, you know what? Right is right, wrong is wrong. Call a spade a spade, and sports is just sports at some point. And yeah. Ben Simmons is a child. Yes, he and is. And Ben Simmons is a big old baby. He is. Carter Hart is getting coddled too much. Yes. Yep. Carson Wentz was run out of town for the same thing. True. Mm-hmm. Nolan Patrick was run out of town for the same thing. It's a trend here. It is. Aaron Nola is going to be run out of town for the same thing. I, well, I, I hope go. Nola's back. He can go. Back. He can I want go. Nola's back. I, I, I want him He's go. a solid three, man. He's a solid three, but he expects to be a number one, and he's going to be a great pitcher, we'll, especially if you ask him. We'll have you back on uh, in April to talk Phils for sure, <laughs> for sure, because we, we got to make sure we cover all four sports with you at one point or yeah, another. Yeah, Chip, we got to get you back on to talk uh, birds. Yeah, well, we, we, we do, because you know, for our listeners, Chip is uh, also in charge of All About the Birds, which is a great pod, um, at AAT. Uh, AAT Birds right. is the one handle yeah. for our Eagles focus, and then AAT Sports underscore for the All Authentic Talk Sports Network. There we go. Well, you heard it here first, Chip. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate your time, your insight, your sarcasm, yes. and uh, and obviously <laughs> and obviously the picks are on point as well. Appreciate you, gentlemen. Thanks for having me. Numbers don't lie. Numbers don't lie. Women lie, numbers don't. Numbers don't lie. Numbers don't lie. Why? 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 Numbers, they do not lie. Well, Tech, the Sixers tip off the regular season tonight. Tonight versus the Pelicans in New Orleans. So I thought it'd be appropriate to crunch some numbers from the Sixers' last five season openers. Hey, let's do it. The Sixers are just two and three in their last five season openers, <laughs> winning the last two. But as we know, they've made the playoffs the last four seasons. And that followed a 28 and 54, 2016 and 17 campaign, which was the last year of the process years where we knew it was turning. Yeah. So that year is included, though. The 28 and 54 year is included, and then the four seasons after that. So here's the breakdown. Last year, they beat the Wizards in Philly, 113 to 107. Yep. Year prior, they beat the Celtics at home, 107 93. Mm-hmm. But they lost the previous three. In the 18 19 campaign, they lost at Boston, 105 87. In the 17-18 campaign, they lost at Washington, 120-115. I really remember that game, too, that Washington (laughs) game. It's funny. And, of course, in that last process year, they lost at home in a close one to OKC, 103-97. In those games, they shot 48.4% from the field, just 33.2% from three. Mm. Have an offensive rating of 100.5, which is good but not spectacular. Right. Averaged 15 turnovers per game or 3.75 per quarter. And of the 20 quarters played, they won just nine of them. This is over the last five season openers, Tech. Not exactly promising season opening numbers overall. No. Um, but again, the first game in the sequence was the last process year, but I included it because Joe was playing and we could feel that tide turning. Right. So in those five season openers, speaking of Joe, our guy, 
Embiid averaged 21 points, 11.4 boards, two assists, shot 37% from downtown, and had almost two blocks per game. Not eye-popping Joe numbers, but consistent right. over yeah. five games. Yeah, not not bad Joe numbers. No, no. In contrast, our diva guy, Benny Simmons, he was no. in the last four of those season openers in that stretch. He's averaged close numbers to Joe, actually. 19.2 points per game, 10.5 boards, 7.3 dishes, 1.5 blocks, but his shot just 47.5% from the free throw line. Yeah, that is... That, well, the free throw percentage is bad, but all those other numbers are good. If you told me yeah. that he could do that every game... 19, 10, 7, 2 blocks. Good numbers. That's those are he, good numbers. That's his last four season... That's all of Ben's season opening numbers. Oh, what a joke. So the Pelicans are beatable. We know that. But I'll honestly say, Tech, uh, with the annoyance that Ben presently is and the average numbers over the last five season openers, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if our boys dropped this one to start the season. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either. Hopefully I'm wrong and they look great because Joe seemed very confident in the chemistry they have anyway. Right. In, in spite of uh, Benny. In spite. Yeah. I call him Benny now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Benny. But Tech, uh, numbers don't lie. It's time for Prem's Picks. These games are a blowout, a human lot. You can bet your children's unborn children on these games. Prem's Picks. Ah, oh, ah. Oh. Well, Wasn't tech, a good week. Uh, yeah, for the first time in over 40 of our now 49 episodes, my pick segment boasts a losing record. Oh, it got ugly. I know. I fell to 4-6 and six in the NFL season this past week as the Titans, got stun- or Titans actually stunned the Bills by three, and the Browns had a nightmare of a day versus the visiting Cardinals. I was off with these picks, but the Bills-Titans game was certainly a classic. Yeah, that was... I was surprised. Tag insult was surprised. injury, though, on that one. I lost my vet alumni fantasy game to Jay Blevins late in that fourth quarter <laughs> because of Derrick Henry. Well, if it makes you feel any better, I was never in my game. Yeah, well, you're yeah, you're, well, you're one in five. You're grasping the <laughs> yeah, straws. Yeah, season's over for me. So, but you never, nevertheless, here I am, humbled yet hopeful. I can turn it around, Tech. All right. So here are the week seven locks. Locks. Give me the Ravens to stay hot at home, hosting Cincy as favorites. Yeah. Since he has been impressive, so I'd stay away from the six-point spread, but I think this is a gimme bet for the Ravens to just win straight up. It may come down to a late Lamar Jackson play or two because Burrow and Chase have been fun to watch in the early going. Yeah. But I see the Bengals coming slightly down to earth a bit in this one. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ravens straight up to beat Burrow and the Bengals in Baltimore. Lock. Lock. Next, Tech, I'll be making the ultimate homer violation pick. Oh, no. As I think the Raiders cover three points in <laughs> Vegas and beat our birds by a touchdown. Oh, on this one. going against the birds. I got to do something to turn my pick tide here, man. For the first time this season, you're taking a leap. I, I think the Eagles have a lot of growing to do, like we alluded to earlier. And even though in disarray after the Gruden ordeal, I think Derek Carr and the Raiders will carve us up with his big targets like Waller, his speed target like Ruggs, who's been really catching some bombs lately, and run the ball well with Jacobs against our poorest run defense. Yep. Maybe Hurts will prove me wrong and come up large in this one. I really hope he does. But I see more of the same this week, and yeah. three-point line is kind of low for a road game. It's okay at this point to bet against them. Yeah, Raiders minus three versus the Birds lock. <sighs> lock. To recap, Tech, we have the Ravens straight up to win at home versus Cincy. Lock. And the Raiders to cover three measly points versus our <laughs> Birds in Vegas on the Strip. Unfortunately, this is a lock. <laughs> this has been Prem's NFL Picks. See you next week. Vet alumni.